Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast on wearecavan.com. On today's show, we're going to be looking back over Cavan's on the 20 Ulster Championship victory over Monaghan with reaction with the Cavan manager, John Brady, and look ahead to their clash this coming Saturday in St. Chirnock's Park in Clonus, where they'll take on Tyrone in the Ulster Championship semi-final. We'll also be looking back over Paul Brady's memorable victory in the U.S. Nationals, his 11th U.S. Nationals title um, at the tender age of 39. Um, and we'll be giving you a chance to win a ticket into the, the 100 euro ticket into the Win the Dream in Dublin 15 house draw uh, with Cavan County Board. But uh, as always, delighted to be joined by Paul Fitzpatrick from the anglo Celt. Paul, I suppose we'll start with the under-20s. Um, we didn't get talking much about this, but were you impressed with, with them on Sunday? I was, Damien. I was very impressed with them in the last quarter. At halftime, I thought it was it was looking a little bit dodgy for Cavan because they had played with the wind. They scored six points in a row at one stage and looked like they had built up a lead and they conceded 1-1 in, in injury time at the end of the first half. And I just thought that goal in particular is going gonna, gonna to haunt Cavan. And Monaghan came out and got another goal and went a point up. And I, I felt that Monaghan were going to turn the screw but they didn't. Um, Cavan played brilliant in the last the last fifteen minutes and got a couple of good scores, important frees and things like that uh, from Paddy Lynch and Cormac O'Reilly came up with a very important level and score. I thought he won great ball all evening, and then the goal was a thing of beauty. Brilliant pass over the top from from Philip Rogers, and Tiernan O'Reilly grabbed it. He deserved a goal because I thought he played very well mm. and he took it away well. So, I to be honest, I didn't see the win coming because I was very impressed with Monaghan two years ago. Like that was Tell a people how much you didn't see the win coming. What did it cost you? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't back against Callum. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think your exact words were, if Monaghan win, I'm up to 150 quid. If if uh, if Calvin win, I'm happy because Calvin won. <laughs> Don't believe it, listeners. It's not, it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> Although it wouldn't have been a bad insurance policy if I had of. But uh, no, I didn't do that. Absolutely not. Played <laughs> the fifth. But I, I look. There was no happier Calvin follower than me on, on Sunday no. evening because I thought there were anything you beat Mon in, in championship is good because it's important that the, that Mon are kept in their place. <laughs> it's vital. It's, it's very vital, and and that place is just that little bit below us. That they're they're close enough to touch, and that we can beat them every now and again. But they definitely don't ever get ahead of us. We're, um, we're like the old aristocrats uh, from the big house, you know, going around with an English accent and sending their kids to be educated in in Eton or somewhere like that. Yeah. Falling on hard times, we're selling off bits of the estate and running festivals. <laughs> Down Nabby all over. Whereas Monaghan are Monaghan are just these like, these chavs who win the lotto. <laughs> <laughs> but they always blow it they'll, they'll blow it they'll blow the winnings and, and the old order will always restore itself that's my dream well, I bet, it, I'll tell you what it's getting older and older the order <laughs> unfortunately uh, one one thing we, we always say is that when you've got good forwards you've got a chance and especially you've got scoring forwards and when I looked at the starting team I was saying to myself in the forward line 
you've got right the two wing half forwards that started Philip Nulty and Luke Malloy would be maybe natural midfielders or 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 even defenders in in some incidents but the four that were left outside of that, Keen, Madden, Cormac O'Reilly, Patrick Lynch and Tiernan Riley, you're saying they, they all on their day can be good score getters. And it's it, it's created a lovely balance in that Cavan side. Yeah, it has. Um there's ball winners there as well, like mm. um like Lynch is a great ball winner and he's he's so physically powerful. Like he started in midfield, um, even though he was wearing fourteen, but um he did float in and out. Rona Patterson came out to midfield then and played very well, I thought, when when James Smith went off. Um, best game I've seen seen Ronan yeah. playing in a while, and uh, but Cormac Cormac's such an excellent ball winner. Like you know, his game better than anyone from Mullahorn. Like he, he gets out in front, and he's he, he's just got a knack for it. He didn't lick it off the grass, as they say, oh. and he can score. And his his point was was crucial. Keen Madden, we know all about him, how good he is. Like and he came up with a, with a crucial point again. It came from a ball that stuck with Cormac, and. The, uh, the Mullahorn man gave it to the Garner man coming off the shoulder he raced through and I think I'd say he could have been going for the top corner but it, it just zipped over the bar and then you had Lynch of course coming up with 9 points uh, and he didn't have his best game No probably not but yet still incredibly effective I thought the battle with him and O'Toole was, was very interesting because was. while Lynch was wearing 14 it was clear that he wasn't playing at full forward at any point in the game, really. So O'Toole has been brought out of his comfort zone from the full-back line, but still battled extremely hard. Like He still played like a full-back just out the field, you know? Yeah, no, it definitely was a good battle. And um, Monaghan had some good players. Like, I think Dean Connolly's a great player. Style, yeah. Very stylish. Mm, like for a big man. Yeah, can get off the ground and can like scored a brilliant point early on and, and was involved in their second goal as well. Like He can move. Oh, he, he can run move. like he's pacey. He, he looks like a fella a name to watch out for. Monaghan had some very good players. Andrew Woods in the forward line was probably the pick of them. You know that, that he was exceptional. Paddy Mead kept in the first five minutes. I thought Mead was going to be in a bit of trouble with him, mm. but he, like he kept him blotted out fairly well because because Woods was looked exceptionally dangerous early on. Well, it, for me during the game watching it, when Woods was in in the full forward line, there was always danger, and they were lumping in ball. They were testing in high early direct ball on on top of Paddy Mead, and he was under pressure because it's it's not a comfortable ball for a defender to deal with. Then when James Smith went off, Woods seemed to come out around the middle toward the field, and how Paddy then got the upper hand on him out in that middle toward. Mm. Then before half time, they put him back into the full forward line. One one comes off him, and you're thinking, okay, they're in trouble again. So it seemed to be when Paddy Mead had him in the full back line. It was trouble when he had him out around the middle third. It was Paddy Mead's game, but yeah. then I thought it was a brilliant move by the Cavan management to put Cormac Timoney back in on him, yeah. regardless of where he went. Then whether it be out in midfield or inside, Timoney will battle. Yeah, you know, Timoney, he, battle Timoney played him. well. Like he, Timoney's a thoroughbred. Mm. Uh, I think he's a senior player in waiting. Like I think so. He's a very good player. Um, there's good players all over. I thought Danny Cusick played well. Mickey Hannon's a big fan of his, and Hannon is always singing his praises. And I used to say, "Oh Jesus." Obviously, he's a good footballer, but I don't know if he's as good as Mickey makes him out to be. But sitting beside Mickey, a member of the cornerbacks union, he was pointing out things to me on mm. Sunday even, which were beyond my pay grade. But he was saying, like, watch how he's going to defend this. And he was, he is a natural defender. Like, I think that's, yeah, that, that's the crucial part of it. He's not, he's not going to be your cornerback who's up and scores three points in a game. But he, he is going to be your, 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 your excellent defender. And not just in a man-to-man battle. Sometimes he reads the game so well. Like, little... little Movements off the block off a of space while still covering his man. He's very intelligent at the defensive end of the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He is like like the Cavan senior team needs to get probably three players off this team. Mm. Um, 
Because under 20, you know, you'd be expecting them to come in and in two years be fit to break into that senior team. Like you're seeing Oshin Pearson there, who's their only their age and he's on it. Um, and you'd have to say the, play, the talent looks to be there. Like Lynch, Lynch um, looks ready for it. Kean Madden won't be too far off being mm. ready for the senior panel. Um, James Smith unfortunately got injured. But there's other, someone else might break through there. I, I, I thought two years ago that Rogers was exceptional. Um, and, and then I, I hadn't seen him. I saw him playing up against Darren that day and I thought he was poor. But it, he was brilliant the last day. Mm. Like yeah. I'd say he'll start this week because I thought he was fantastic when he came on. You'd imagine James Smith won't be fit to start this coming Saturday against Tyrone. So they have to put in a replacement. But I thought another man that done very well coming off the bench was Cormac Donoghue. Did made a huge impact for me, and he was late to the panel, wasn't he? So I believe now. I, I think he was doing his leaving cert, so right. that's why he was okay. that bit later coming in. He came in after the leaving cert, but um, again, like I think two, maybe three marks and one one interception on a kick out where I think it was the wing back Ryan Mohan looked like he had caught the ball and done who chased it just as it was hitting Mohan's hands he just flicked it out and, and took it from him on, on a on a Monaghan kick out it was a great bit of um, you know anticipation and, and reaction by by Donahue. but I, I thought as well off the bench while Shane Duffy made one mistake that, that was costly I thought he contributed an awful lot a brilliant steal on Andrew Woods at one stage yeah. where Woods' solo just went above chest height that was a huge interception like for me that, that was like an expert jab straight down the middle yeah it was right right between the between yeah. the, the guard that was <coughs> I thought he, he did well they all did well in fairness and um, you know Tyrone are going to be hard, hard to beat obviously mm. like they've got Derek Canavan there and a few big names like that already that you that we've heard of but um I think they're with, with every chance, you know, and and if they could win, they'd give the seniors a massive lift as well. Because we saw it; it does it does play into it. Like we saw it with with um, Wexford last Sunday. Their minors won the Leinster Horn final, and the seniors right after. Like it, it does; it gives the crowd a lift, and it it just gives a little bit more. It might be only one or two percent, but that might be the difference. Mm-hmm. So look, it's it's good stuff. And yeah. again, John Brady comes up with the win. He's a manager that gets results in the championship. Speaking of John Brady, uh, I caught up with him after the game. Jamie McCavan on the 20 manager, John Brady, after a, a convincing victory in Kingspan Breffney here against uh, Monaghan. Did you expect it to be so convincing? Uh, probably not. If you ask me, being honest, coming out here, um, I thought, you know, Monaghan bring a lot more to the party. First half, we found it very hard to break them down, the 15 back behind the ball. And uh, look, we kicked some great long range pints as well. Bit of a blow before half time, conceding the goal in the pint, but. Look, the lads really responded well in the second half, so that's all you can ask. There was a wonderful 15-minute spell where you hit six points without reply in that first half that really probably put a bit of daylight between you. I know they, they came back with the 1-1, but that, that was a vital spell for the Cavan to show that they were capable. Ah, yeah, look, um, I thought lads stood up all over the field today, to be honest for us, and even you know the lads that came on made a difference as well. So it just... It was a it was a combined panel effort and and we knew we'd get a spell in the game but we had some great points from long range as well I think Ocean Brady started off with a, with a massive run and Paddy Lynch a couple and you know we we have lads that can score from distance so that's when you're playing a blanket defence that's always a help. Yeah, you mentioned your your, your bench made a huge impact to Todd Cormac Donahue coming in the middle of the field a couple of marks and and vital possession one with him as well as Shane Duffy interception you couldn't have asked for more of them. Look, you can't ask any more of this panel. Like we lost James Smith to injury early on in the game as well, so 
Do you know, we've been dealing with these things all year and these lads, they don't, they don't give up and it doesn't matter where you ask them to play, they'll just go in and, and play play the game. Like, there's lads playing out of position and but they'll just go out and do it. So, so I can't praise them highly enough, to be honest. On James Smith, what was the injury bad? Uh, no, we don't think it's that bad. It's just a wee bit of a niggle and we're afraid of, if he played on any longer, it was going to snap. So they just had to come off at that stage then. Looking on to the the next round, it's, it looks like it's Tyrone in in a semi final. Um, very little time to prepare. Is it a week? Yeah, we're not sure. It could be next Saturday or next Sunday, so we're not sure what a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe. I, I don't I don't even know. There's no point in me saying um, it's next weekend anyway. So look, the lads will enjoy themselves tonight, and we'll get back at it tomorrow working on whoever it is. I don't know. I didn't hear. Who, the, who won the other game? Yeah, Toronto won. won Toronto won that game anyway. I suppose getting into an Ulster semi-final, it, it's progress again. But it'd be great to get back to an Ulster decider with these boys, like like you had at minor level. Yeah, and look at um, Tyrone. They're probably a bogey team for for us at underage as well as much as anything else. Look, there's no point in winning the first round game and getting to the semi-final. I mean, happy with your year. You have to go there trying to win and believe you can win the game. And I think these lads will have the belief going that they can go and, and compete and hopefully beat Throne on the day. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Yeah, yet again, comes up with the comes up with the right stuff. When, when it's vital like you take it back two years ago at minor level and you'd have said even though Cavan went on to an All-Ireland semi-final in Monaghan I'm not sure how their season finished up as in was there a backdoor at that stage I don't think there was there was, there was no, no backdoor so no they back were knocked door. out but coming out that Sunday evening after Cavan against Monaghan you said there's nothing between those two sides they're, they're two perfectly matched sides Cavan just got the better on this evening Coming out last Sunday evening, you'd say Cavan are noticeably better than Monaghan. Yeah, and that's without Smith and Pearson. Yeah, but again, and Devon Fortune. Again, it's it's something that that you see that the big counties um, perpetuate themselves because they get handy draws and things. You take Kerry; their miners are always exposed to the All Ireland stages of competition stuff like that because mm. they're getting handy draws. Where it's it's a rare thing for our players to do that. Monaghan were knocked out two years ago. And we're, we're twiddling their thumbs for the rest of the summer. Those, that same bunch of lads come back to their clubs. Our lads went on and played Darren. Then they played in the Ulster final, a massive occasion against Derry. Then they played in the quarter final against Galway. Then they played in the Ireland senior semi final, or yeah. before the senior game, the minor semi final against Kerry and David Clifford in Crow Park. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of people. Like that in itself, it's that's such bad. a benefit in development. It, it is. And, and on that point, kind of bringing us a little bit off script, but it shows how the stronger. The strong gets stronger and the weak get weaker because the more games you play in those in the, the heat of summer as a group, the better you're going to be. So maybe it's it's simply down to Cavan got four extra games that Monaghan didn't get at minor level, and that's what brought Cavan on. It would have brought it could be that, that simple. Yeah, and four games plus probably 
eight weeks extra intensive training at a higher level than they're getting with their clubs as well that summer. Like every bit of it. Like champ- a cha- and plus a championship match is such a big thing t- yeah. to get the build up and everything else. And look, at it, it, it's part of the reason why I'm so against the tier championship mm. at adult level because you're going to cut off weaker teams, and it's going to make it harder for them to climb the ladder. Yeah, that's what I, I, I think. I think there has to be there. There's going to have to be some sort of tiered system in order to get extra games of meaning for the weaker counties to allow them to progress. Because if you don't go with a tiered system of some sort, you know your 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 Leitrims or your your Carlos or whatever the case may be, they don't get as many games. They get significantly less competitive games at the heat of summer than the teams who are going on forward and therefore they're getting better and better. You take, go to, to a lot of sports, but, you know, in league, was a Premier League over in the UK or any of the soccer leagues, it's all, they all get the same amount of games. There's no advantage in any of them getting it. You go into the Champions League, they get, there is extra games for the better teams, but they're coming from different systems. So it's not significantly a higher amount of games to help them develop. Whereas you could say, was a, a team that was knocked out in the first round and the first round of their province, the first round of the qualifiers compared to Dublin are going to get maybe seven, eight games less in a season of 14 total games. Yeah, yeah I, I understand that. But um, I'll ask you the question. I'll ask you two questions. First one is, you tell me who's going to benefit from a tiered system, first of all. And I want you to name... Examples of counties. Well, give me the tier. Well, two tiers. That's what they're talking about. So they're division talking about three, four, and then division one, two. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. At the minute. Well, they're talking about if you lose, if you lose. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah, two tiers, right? One and two, and three and four. Second question: Take Dublin out of the equation. Pretend Dublin didn't exist. You have a brilliant Leinster championship there. This year's Ulster championship was very close. Okay, Donegal won the final. Well. But this year's also championship was excellent. You had Cavan beating Monaghan. You had um, you had Cavan and Armagh drawing. Cavan winning a replay. You had lots of good games. You had Fermanagh give Donegal a good game. You, there's been six different counties have got to the Ulster finals since 2015, and and uh, and three three have won it. In Leinster, it's, we all I know those three. Those three have also dominated the last. When's the last time outside of Monaghan? Tyrone and Donegal that an Ulster team yeah but you always had that you had that with Armagh you had that with Darren you had that with Cavan there's be, there's always a, a, teams have their era like mm-hmm. um, and go through the decades it would be more unusual for there to be an era where one team one or two teams didn't dominate it like that's that's not, no, nothing unusual about that look at Connacht like you, you've had you've had four teams in the final in the last few years okay you, Leach, no you haven't the last four see, in the last four years you've had four teams in the final you had um, Roscommon Sorry. No, Galway and Roscommon have, have competed in the last four Connacht finals. Yes, okay. But you have three different winners. But you have three, you have no, three. you've had two winners in four years. Roscommon what? and Galway. Nobody else has won. Okay, well, all right, okay. <laughs> well, Mayo haven't happened to win it, but they've been in two All-Ireland finals in that stage. But they haven't been That's in a Connacht final. Yeah, okay, but, but I think we can agree that, that, that there's three very even top teams in Connacht. The three Division yeah, One okay. teams, there or thereabouts. And okay, you've got you've got other teams that, that aren't competing as strongly. And in Munster this year, you had Kerry got a good enough argument from from Clare, one by six points, and were pushed all the way against Cork. So take Dublin out. We'll go back to my two questions. The second one was if there was if there was such a thing as Dublin, or no such thing as Dublin, would there be any talk about tears? 
Yeah, I, st- I still think they would. But why? Why? Because, because oh, Leitrim oh, oh, aren't going to win. So, so you, you, but you're talking about a tier for what, like Division Four teams? I'm talking about a tier. Carlo, Carlo still weren't going to win. But Carlo, Carlo beat a Division One team in the Leinster Championship last year. But just because you can't, you don't win your province. You need your own tier. Like, what, what sort of sport is this? No, no, it's no, like no. handball. No, hold on a second. You still have to have it at a point where there's a carrot in front of them that there's that there's an opportunity to win because. As I said, the, the opportunity to develop has to become level. No, Carlo, but Carlo have... Everyone's ignoring one massive thing. You, you're talking about getting meaningful games against teams in your own level. You are guaranteed seven of them and possibly eight every year in the National League, only against teams your own level. Hold Can on a second. Hold on a second. You said on this podcast... Leagues are leagues, no. championships. What is that? Yes, have you leagues asked, is, have, is, is, is but it leagues not are for the, the only thing. Leagues are for development. So you're talking well, about. I'm sure that's that's not. But it's not. You're not developing during the league. You're 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 developing within that system. But you're not develop. Everybody wants to play a championship. It's a completely yeah. Different but you're argument. getting the chance to play Reverse a championship. Here, here's one fair, right? The London manager doesn't know what he wants. Look at his tweets, and I've seen blog posts and stuff that he's put up. He doesn't actually know what he wants. He, he says, we want more games against teams at our own level. Someone tweeted him and said, what, who, what sort of teams are you talking about? He says, Division 4 and Division 3 teams. They have played 30, I think I, I thought it up because I tweeted it back to him. I think they've played something like, between league and championship, they've played something like 35 games in the last in the last three or four seasons. Since 2016 inclusive, they played 35 or 36 games against Division 3 and Division 4 teams in league and championship. They won three of them. Now, it doesn't matter how many tiers you're going to put into it. That's 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 their. They've won thirty. No, no, no. They've played thirty-five games and they've won three. How many more games do you want against there's, better teams? There's there's the crux of your argument, and it's one hundred percent. You're saying that that league is your opportunity to play at those. They're obviously not motivated by league. They're motivated by championship, and most teams. Okay, okay. Are. Put it like this. Let's say let's say you take all the teams in Division Four, and let's put them into a, into the same competition again in the summer. Call it the championship and play the final at Crow Park. But they already played the final at Crow Park. There's already a carrot there, so there is nothing I I can see to be gained other than other than um, letting the top teams away and they'll pull up the ladder behind them. And the other the other thing is um, no, you've asked a question, you haven't given an opportunity. Okay, let me just make one more point for you answer. <laughs> In my opinion, this is the way you bring up the standard of teams. You go back to where the National League used to be. The biggest chestnut, the biggest bullshit in the GA at the minute is the league is the best competition. No, it's not. Because some people say it, it suddenly becomes gospel. Everyone says, oh, the league's the best competition. The league's exciting because it's winter and we're... Thousands of people go to McKenna Cup games. Nobody thinks that's a great competition. But you're mad for football. It's winter. It's exciting. And they have marketed a lot better lately. But it's not the best competition. If you want to improve teams, you don't separate them in the league. You do what you used to do, which is you get a little taste of everything in the league. You have two, one A and one B, and two A and two B, and you get a little taste of everything. You might get a Division One team in there, a Division Two team in there. You're only you're only ever at worst one tier off the top of the big boys. That was a great system. If you look at teams that made their breakthrough in the early noughties under that system, Westmead, Leash, Fermanagh, they all made massive breakthroughs because they were all competing well in that in that league system and working their way up. So maybe if you can find them all to their own competition, what's going to happen? It's what's going to happen now. There's about five counties. Okay, Leitrim got out of it this year after after fifteen years or something. You've likes of Waterford, Wicklow, uh, Limerick, Carlow, um, Leitrim, London. There's really five or six teams that populate Division Four more or less every year, and then the other teams are just sort of stronger teams that go down and come back up. So th- they're the teams that people are talking about. I can't see what what can be done for them. But anyway, go ahead. 
Right. Who's who's going to benefit from the two tiers? Yeah. Nice and simply, anybody in those bottom two divisions are going to benefit. And the reason they're going to benefit is that for development, the best way for a team to develop is get games. Get games. If you can get competitive games to the same number as Dublin or Kerry, then you're going to be you're going to be better. So what you're looking for in tier two is that essentially your your Carlos or your Offalies or your Leashes or whatever they are, if they win tier two, they're going to have the same number of games as the winner of tier one, and therefore they're going to develop further into the into the year. They're going to get better as that year goes on, and it'll develop the county into the next year going forward that they've got more games. the The best system of all is simply that. Barring your All Ireland semi final and final, everybody gets the same number of games. That that is the best system for an even development. It'll give the opportunity for all teams to develop at at a particular rate, you know, at at the same rate. But there's no point in giving Dublin the advantage all the time or giving Tyrone the advantage all the time because they're getting more games, therefore they're going to get better and better in those games. Every every county should be afforded that opportunity. Okay. Just to, just to pick a hole in, in what you've said there, it's not n- not necessarily games get, make you better. Obviously, playing a game is better than not playing a game. But if Cavan were to play London, Carlo, or not say Carlo, Cavan play London, um, Wicklow, Waterford, if you said, okay, we're picking out the seven worst teams in the county, Cavan will play them every week for the next seven weeks, is that going to make us better? Better than sitting on the couch, maybe, but it's not going to really make us better. If we play Mayo or Dublin at the end of that, are we going to be any better off? No. So you need to be you need to be getting games against better teams. You can't just lump them in together. But, but hold on a second. You need to be getting. Are you telling me that if Leitrim played Dublin seven times in that same week, that that's going to make Leitrim better? No, but if Le- if Leitrim got a game against um, Armagh, maybe or a Division Two or Three team, but sure, Leitrim are a Division Four team. So where do you make the split? Well, they're getting games. Well, they're in, in, in their, now, in their, but they're getting games in Championship. Yeah, they're getting games in championship against... There's no point in Leitrim getting five games in the championship, Kerry getting five games in championship, but Leitrim was five games being against Kerry, Dublin, Tyrone, Galway and Mayo. Well, you're after saying, no saying games help you, regardless. No, I... Tier two. The discussion was why or who does tier two benefit... Any of the teams, but, but Leitrim are climbing the ladder in the in the national league. Next year they get a, they get seven games against Division Three teams, and then they go into their championship. But everybody gets their seven games. Yeah, everybody gets seven games. It's the championship that Leitrim this year got two games. Yeah, but you're mis- you're mistaken. My point that my point about the championship is all important. The championship is everything, and yes. you you quote, correctly quoted me saying that the championship is everything. The league is only development, yeah. and the league is only important because it prepares you better for the championship. That's what I always say. But if you're talking about Carvin the championship yeah. in two, if you're talking about if Cavan are in the second tier championship, now do I still believe that the championship is everything? The mystique of the championship? No, I don't. What is this Intertoto Cup? It means it's meaningless to us. So the intermediate championship in Cavan is meaningless. No, I didn't say that. You're well. No, the intermediate championship in any. County in any competition is meaningless. No, because there's there's a difference. How? They're, they're completely different competitions, and there isn't a hundred and twenty year tradition of of um, one is. one no of one competition. There's not. There's been there's been there, uh, there's always been a junior championship going back to the twenties in Cavan and an intermediate championship since, since the late sixties. Yeah, the, the beauty it, of the All Ireland, what what makes it unique, is what it is. I I agree that it's crazy that we we'll say Dublin play Leitrim. I, I agree that that's crazy, but why do we have to carve it up? Can, are we admitting defeat to the point that 
do you know what? Kerry have such big numbers and so much money and they can go to, to New York and make a million quid on a night and a dinner dance. So let's just say, all right, get rid of, get rid of these two or three of these counties in, in Munster, throw them in their own competition. Are we, are we going to say that? Or are we going to go... No, hold on a second, but nobody's making a claim to get rid of provincial championships. Well, I'll come to that in a second. But, <laughs> but are, we, are we saying... Well, people are basically saying the structure of, of the competition is screwed. Um, and uh, so that's, that's what we're going to change. But is there no better way of levelling things up in the GEA, which is supposed to be this great um, egalitarian amateur organisation? There's no better way of levelling things up, making things fairer, than just getting rid of half teams, put them in their own competition. Well, why not? Okay, let's let let's take it. Let's take it. If if you do, if you want to get rid of your your two tiers, throw it FA Cup style. Give the advantage to the lower teams. That okay, all Division Four and Division Three teams play each other off or Division 4 then then two winners of that go in and play the, winner, the, the teams in Division 3 and if they win that they can go on and play the winners in Division 2 and it comes on give the advantage to the weak yeah, you know, give, tried, give tried, the opportunity they've tried it. that in other competitions and it doesn't it doesn't work Like they've tried that in, say, in the in the Monster Championship for years Seedon, Cork and Kerry into the semi-finals it doesn't work because no, all you're doing is exactly throw, you're, throwing so them the you're isolating them throwing them off to the wolves and saying you, you play among yourselves throw out your best team at the end of it and, and we'll rock up and slaughter you but the, the, you have to agree that if I play 10 games in, in a 3 month period or 4 month period and you pay, play 2 games in that same 3-4 month period who's going to be the better team? Who's going to benefit more from that three, four month period? It depends who you are and who you're playing for a start. Hold on a second. Are you are you, are you honestly saying to me that a team that plays well, if, five, if, six extra games is not going to be better than a team that plays only two? Well, games? no, not necessarily. Not if you're Dublin and and you say right, this is the second of July. I'm Dublin and this is where I'm starting from. And you're Cavan, that's where you're starting from. You can play Leitrim, London, Wicklow, whatever, seven times, and I'm going to play um, Kerry and Mayo. Who's going to be better at the end of it? He has a realist where they're coming no, from. No, no, no. I'm asking you. I'm asking you just on a straight race, on a straight me against you going out and, and you know playing tiddlywinks. If I play 10 games of tiddlywinks and you play two, who's going to be better if the two of us have never played tiddlywinks before? Well, at the end of those 12 oh games. Oh, yeah. If, if you're taking two Division 4 teams at the start of it. I'm just saying, yeah, two teams that never played tiddlywinks before. Yeah, yeah, okay. So who's going to be better? Yeah, okay, yeah. The, 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 the team that the plays, team more that plays games. the most. But we're not talking about two teams that never played tiddlywinks before. But you're, you're, talk, you're still talking about development, and it's, and it's the same thing, that you're never going to develop if you don't get as many games as another team. So that should be the basis of the whole lot. Let's make sure that... That right, if if Dublin are to win the All Ireland, which they, they they are more often than not at the minute, that they're getting roughly the same amount of games as the the, the Limericks or the Wicklows. That there's only a disparity of of two games. That right, okay, well on a on a fourteen game season, Dublin plays sixteen and 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 Wicklow play fourteen. I'm not saying Wicklow are going to catch Dublin. But I'm saying that they're going to get closer. They're going to have a better chance of improving if they get the same number of games. That, for me, is where two tiers should come in. That you're saying you can jump from tier two to tier one by the opportunities that are there through league or through winning tier two. But you've got to get the same number of games in order to develop. Yeah, I, I don't agree. I, I think that, that um, the main problem is we have a little cluster of teams at the bottom that are adrift. And we've one team at the top that's adrift. Give me the solution then. The solution is to is uh, um, 
to fix the national league, so you're so you're getting a taste of stuff against the good teams in in the in the league, and it don't don't make it a total meritocracy as it is, where you the top eight are playing against each other. Everyone knows how hard it is to stay in Division One because you're playing teams that have just. How got do you continually grade that? I can't remember back, so I I remember the system that you had Division One A, Division One B. Yeah, I can't remember, but I know you'd have like you would have a top team in two A, and and it was it was pretty even like. It was it was a really good system for development purposes. Was it? Yeah, I, I, just I, don't, was, I don't remember how it was broken. It was broken. a brilliant article by Kieran Shannon. It wasn't like the best teams in one A and the next best teams in one B. It wasn't just one like four divisions in terms of standard. It was even there. Like so, you'd have a couple of you might have Dublin and Kerry in, in one A, and you might have Mayo and Galway in one B or whatever. But they were they were basically on an even par, you know. But um, the, the other point was how can you explain uh, the the uh, way the hurling tiered system has gone, where the winners of the of the second tier in hurling go up in the top tier and come straight back down, and Carlo Carlo go up there and get thrown to the wolves. They won it last how, year. They get thrown to the wolves. How old is that system? Well, sure that system's going about ten years. The Nicky record and the Laurie Maher and all that. More. It, it, that system is going. I remember back in there, back in Derry, to win the Christie Ring Cup. I was working in Highball magazine and a fella came in and told me to back down. That's about 2005. So that system's there. Now they've introduced different tiers to it. There used to be three. Now they've brought in the Joe McDonough and the Laurie Maher. Like there's there's five tiers in Horland. And and the other thing is, Horland is full of mismatches. It's full of 20 point games in all levels. Mm-hmm. So this no one can argue that, that a tier system is going to get rid of mismatches. They'll always be there. No, sure. Yeah, but a mis- but that's, a, that's a common thing that you hear. Like I read Manus Boyle's column in the Donegal Democrat and he talked about how Dublin hammering Mead and, and Donegal hammering Cavan showed the need for a tiered system. He just threw that in there. Like I read it, I was like, hold on a minute, what are you talking about? Everything everything shows the need for a tiered system, if you listen to some people. But Cavan were Division 1-2 the last three years. Mead are Division 1 next year. How, mm. how In what sort of tiered system would those two results change? Yeah, no, no, no. You're, you're, you're 100% right that they wouldn't. But I, I do think something has to change. I tell you, Damien, what, I like the idea of that, that idea where you put 32 teams in eight groups of four and the top two leave their group and go on and the bottom two then go into a second tier. Love that I idea. love that idea. But the only problem is you, you have to get rid of the provincials. Yeah, or, or, or relocate them. Relocate them to where the National League is. Get rid of the National League and, and, and go with the, the, a summer of football. Where you mm. you get that? I love that idea. Yeah, that, that's I think it was in fairness to 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 credit him, Porrick Farley yeah. seemed to be the one with with that idea, and I I think that that's something that definitely should be worth looking at because it's a fairer system. So you break it up. You've got you've got your eight groups of four. You've got the top two teams going to one one um, All Ireland for Sam Maguire. The other, the bottom two out of each going to another. All Ireland, and essentially away you go, and and you start again the following year, looking at it again. To what to you could do is it's perfect because you'd say, um, you've eight, yeah eight groups of four. Each group has a division one team, has a division two team, mm. has a division three team, division four. Yeah. Team. like that that is good, but the provincials would have to go, and and again, th- there is yeah. there is I, a beauty to the provincials. Uh, too, look, like. I don't think you can get rid of the provincials. I I I do think that there's a massive value in it as well. Like, it's just. Can you locate them within a calendar like that? Can you? Could you fit in a national league, uh, an all Ireland system with eight groups of four, and then your your knockout stages afterwards, and then still have room for provincials? 
I think it, it brings it up into a huge amount of games. Yeah, and the other thing I was going to say, just the last point, when you were saying about everyone needs to get the same number of teams, games, or as close as possible as the team that wins the All-Ireland, where does your club game go then? You know, if 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 Cavan if Cavan are beaten by throwing, hopefully not this Saturday, the clubs will be, get playing again, and club championship will be starting soon enough. But what happens if if Cavan were then guaranteed another five games? Clubs wouldn't be playing till winter. Your club mm. championship wouldn't be starting bloody November. Yeah, look at it's it's not something we're going to solve. And that was a complete tangent <laughs> off to, to left field for twenty minutes. So uh, hope you hope you enjoyed that detour. Um, we'll move on to handball and talk about Paul Brady's absolutely wonderful um, victory over in the US Nationals um, watching it live on YouTube firstly brilliant to be able to watch games like that on, on, on YouTube a great facility yeah the, there's a crowd called the, the WPH um, World Pro Handball uh, the fellow who runs it is called Dave Vincent and they've done amazing things for handball in the States they resurrected the Pro Tour and they started all that live streaming and they've become experts at it. So the f- first couple of rounds were streamed, but it was one camera angle and no graphics and no um, cost issue really. Like, but um, when they came to the final, they had two commentators and they had loads of camera angles and gizmos. It was classic. It was yeah. watching, like watching on Sky or something. Yeah. Well, handball people are used to that now because that's been going a while, and it's it is it's brilliant. For it's somebody brilliant. who doesn't watch a huge amount of it, but it 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 was as good as any you know job that a professional. Uh, uh, you know, a Sky or, or any yeah. of them would, would do so. I thought, firstly, tip of the hat to them, and it was great to be able to watch Paul Brady making history again. You know, I know how many times have we have we said it in the past, but that that was a really really special moment for Paul when he when he realised he had done it. He had reached the eleven. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable, really. Like you know, there were so many doubts around him, and he just kept going. It was a it was a like a Tiger Woods comeback story, like um, like to put it in context, you know, he he totally dominated the sport for for maybe uh, about twelve, thirteen years. Completely dominated, like he was winning ninety percent of competitions, and he was winning all the majors all the time. And if he lost, it was a massive upset. He only lost a handful of times, and then he got beaten, and then he got beaten again, and then he got lost the doubles, and it got to the stage where for the first time. Like at the end of last year, for the first time since 2002, he didn't hold any title in the game. He didn't even hold a county title, which was just amazing. Like, and he, but he kept coming back and kept coming back, and he got into amazing shape, and he was playing really well, and the confidence was back. Like, and he, he was playing with such focus and such um, physically dominating the court. Like, he was the man in there. Like, and that was the way he always played. Where you, if you knew nothing about handball, didn't know the score, and you looked in. You'd say well, you can see who the dominant man is mm-hmm. in that court, and that was back. It's just an aura thing, and that was back this week. Um, and he got a couple of breaks along the way in the sense that um, Sean Lenning beat him in Salt Lake City a couple of months ago, and Lenning lost. He was due to play Lenning in the semi if the seeds had come through, but Lenning lost to Dave Fink, who who would never come within an arse roar of beating Paul. Like, um, and then Martin McCarrens beat Killian Carroll, which was an upset in the top half of the draw. Although I did predict it. You did actually. You said it to me before it. But uh, and then Paul was in against Martin, and Paul had had a handier semi final. But it even out because Martin's thirteen years younger. Mm. But it, it gave him a massive chance. And once he once he got the bit between his teeth, like with the door open, he didn't have to be asked twice to go through it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the, the interesting thing for me was was watching it that 
and I remember having discussions with you on this, that, that Paul's big advantage was that he could kill the ball and kill a rally very, very quick. But there were some very long rallies in that final. Yeah, there were, yeah. Funny, because Mulcairns is a shooter and Brady is a shooter. Um, so like when two shooters play, you don't normally get that. But there were long rallies in it. And I think a bit of that was because Martin was tired and he was leaving his kills, what we say, sitting up. He wasn't just putting them low enough. And Paul was able to get a hand to some of them. It was extending rallies a little bit too much. But I'm just thinking back over the years. Like I've seen most of his big wins over the years, either live or or on the internet. And it's just incredible. Like I I I remember him losing an All Ireland final against Tony Healy in t- 2001 or 2001 or two. It's the first one he got to in Kilkenny. And at that time. He used to get very nervous before games, and like he didn't want any of his family going to games. He didn't even want people going. And um, I, I think his, I think maybe one of his brothers was down in Kilkenny for the game, and Paul was down there that morning. I think it was Fergal, and uh, he spotted him in town, and he had to run into a shop and hide because he said if he sees me, like he'd be so nervous going for this game. And he, I mean, he lost that final, and there was a big thing at the time, like. He lost a, lo- a load of finals around that time. There was a, a, a big competition called the Irish Nationals. He lost the final over to Kenneth Kane. I remember getting the bus up on a Sunday morning um, to watch it. And that was a huge thing. It was in Crow Park. He lost that. And I I remember thinking there was, a, there was this feeling in Humboldt Circles in Cavan. Like, was he going to win one? Do you know, was he going to be an early man? Because he had lost a load of finals. But once he won one, he won the Worlds in 2003. And like, he won that on one leg. To this day, like I never saw anything like it. He just seized up with cramp. He played Tony Healy, and <clears throat> that was the night that his legend was kind of built because he had no right to win that game. And Healy was—I cannot describe what a class player Healy was. He was brilliant, absolutely amazing player. Like, like Healy's forty, maybe he's about forty-two now, and he's he's got a big computer company in Cork, and he's more—he came back playing a bit the last year or two, but he sort of retired about six or seven years ago, um, and really went big into his career and his family and stuff like that. But I definitely think if Healy hadn't had have kept going, like he'd still be right up there because he was a brilliant player. But anyway, Paul beat him in 2003 on one leg, and I think that was the night that everyone was that people started to think, Jesus, this lad, how can you beat this fella? Like he's a man of steel. And over the years, then he he spooked other players, and players were afraid to beat him. And every time he won, it seemed to reinforce that. Fellas would actually underperform against them, and he just psychologically and every other way he used to just crush them. So then it all changed because Killian Carroll came along and he was impervious to all that. Um, just his personality, it didn't bother him. Mm. And he wasn't one bit afraid to play Paul and he beat him. And then he beat him again. And then in the Worlds, Paul came back again and uh, had the pull out injured and Killian won it. And then he didn't get to play him this time. So he said after the, ga- after the game that I came here to get two guys, which was Lennon and Carroll, and he didn't get playing them. So he hinted that he'd be back, and then he kind of said, when he was asked the question outright, he was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I have to ask Shauna, that's his wife. But I think he will see him back somewhere. Yeah, the, the elation of of winning it, I know he had said to a number of people that the plan was this was going to be his last hurrah, but uh, the elation of winning it and, and realising that he could still be at the top, maybe it's very, very hard in that moment to turn around and say, well, do you know what, I don't want this ever again. You know, and that's, that's a difficult thing to do, to be able to... To be able to walk away while on top, you know, very, very few people are able to do it. Yeah, and it's that that was my fear for him in the last couple of years, was that he 
he'd be a Muhammad Ali job in his last where he was maybe losing the fellas he wouldn't have lost to before. So mm-hmm. I did. I, I was afraid he da- might damage his legacy, that he that he'd hang on and he'd maybe lose and maybe lose heavily, to, or something like that. And you know, try to hold back time, but. No, I I did have my doubts. Like, you know, I would never have expressed it to him. Like, deep down, I probably had some doubts that he that he was going to do it again. But that said, I've seen him enough times over the years years to know you never could rule him out. Mm. And uh, he's done it again, and he, and he looked as good as ever. Like, and you know, sometimes I sometimes you see it with footballers where their lifestyle changes. Maybe they, they leave college or something like that. Things change. They start working or to get married or start a family or something like that. And they maybe go off to boil for a year or two, and then it all settles down again, and they're back, and and they're like a new man again. And I think that's the way with Paul as well, because um, he started working as a teacher, and then he then he got married, and then they had a baby and all that. And but he's re-energized himself and refocused on his handball now after after focusing on these other things for a couple of years, and he's a new man again. Like so, long may long may could, he reign. Could be another few years in him yet yeah. to the could. Look, congratulations to Paul. We're going to try and get Paul in on, on a podcast. There was a few people tweeting and, and messaging us about getting him on, so we'll see if he'll uh, come in and have a chat with us over the coming weeks. Just want to bring uh, our, your attention to um, your chance to win a €100 Euro ticket for the draw, win the dream in Dublin 15, the the house draw by Cavan County Board. Again, it's for the Centre of Excellence um, and at Kingspan Breffney that they're trying to put together. I was noticing going into the game on Sunday, Paul, when you're when you're going in at the back of the stand on the on the metal steps, you look over, but there's goals there's there's a set of goals set up on some of the land that they've purchased already. Oh right. Um so they're already making making progress on it. I know that they're trying to get the the uh, the planning permission over the line and stuff like that at the minute. And then once they've that they want to be able to do work on it. But it's great to see progress and, and because of this house draw the progress can continue because of the financial assistance there. Deadly. Okay. Now is the time for Cavan to be fundraising because um, people we can see good things happening. They're going to mind the teams and under twenty seniors. They're all doing well. So yeah, fingers crossed. Have a good weekend again. So if you want the opportunity to win that ticket, um, get on to us on social media. There we've uh, we've we just. Get on to us on uh, Twitter, Facebook or Instagram with the password PoloGrounds47 and uh, we'll enter you in the draw which will take place on Thursday morning's podcast. So um, let us know if you if you want to get onto that. Just put us, get in contact with us on social media with the password PoloGrounds47 for a chance to get into that draw for the Win the Dream in Dublin 15 um, house draw by Cavan GEA so um, also on the Die Hard service l- earlier in the week we had the live draw reaction with Michael Hannon myself and Paul Fitzpatrick as we were tuned in on Monday morning at 8.30 to see who Cavan would get and then a discussion about that uh, upcoming game and later on in the week we'll be previewing the uh, the Cavan Tyrone game myself and Paul Fitzpatrick hopefully having uh, a piece with the Cavan manager Mickey Graham as well and we'll be doing the All County Football League roundup as it comes down to the final couple of games um, we might dig out our predictions from earlier on in the year just so that people can really have a dig at us and tell us how wrong we were but we'll be going through that on Thursday's Die Hard podcast so thanks a million for listening to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast hope you enjoyed it and hope Cavan on the 20s and Cavan seniors pick up a double win over Tyrone on Saturday in St. Park of Clonus 
Kieran Callahan Electrical, shine a light on your future. Check out www.callahanelectrical.ie or phone 049 43 30